Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 159. And I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to this conversation today. We are going to be talking about how to help our teachers through some of those difficult conversations. Maybe you've been watching the news recently, heard some of the things that have been happening at board meetings, in community events, maybe even with the law enforcement people that protect us. We're going to be dealing with all of those topics today and ask the question, what is the role of the instructional coach? I have a fantastic guest on. You're not going to want to miss this one. So check it out. Don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button as we've got a lot of great shows coming at you every single week on Monday mornings. But before we get into our show, I want to bring on my co-host, Sue Vincent. How are you today? Welcome back to Ask the Tech Coach. I am great. Things are uh, winding up for the fall season. And as you're listening to this, um, when it comes out on this Monday morning, I am looking forward to fall break coming up. We have PD at the end of this week, and then we have... um, then a few days off. We've got the whole weekend and Monday and Tuesday of the next week. We're so excited. This show is going to be out on Monday, August 27th. So that's probably the calendar date when you're listening to this. And this afternoon, I'm going to be looking forward to working with my new teachers in my new elementary school on discourse. A a, a word that I'm kind of familiar with, but I even had to ask my principal the other day, to define it for me because there's so many different ways and you know if you look at google discourses is defined as really having a conversation right um having a conversation based by based on facts based off of research how do we do that in fact my pd today on the 27th is going to be all based off of how do we bring digital learning skills into these conversations and it sounds weird right like absolutely we went from kids on computers to now we've got kids sitting together in groups teaching them how to have conversations and here comes the the instructional coach saying nope get them back on the computers having conversations but it's it's not about that it's about having kids have their voice it's about giving kids the opportunity to share what they're thinking what they're feeling to ask questions to do those research based activities so that way they can be informed citizens of the world today i am so excited to have on a fantastic guest she has been an educator for over 20 years in the state of new york teaching amazing students mostly in middle school and she's currently the education ambassador for the national public education support front i want to bring on today a wonderful and amazing educator miss katura proctor katura how are you today welcome to ask the tech coach Hi, I am good. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. It is so nice to see you. It is so nice to have you on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. 20 years in education is awesome. 20 years has been more than amazing. Kids are life. So how can you not want to be around them? Um, I enjoy what I do. I love curriculum. I love my classroom. I love teaching um, and I love supporting teachers. 
where do you currently teach? What do your kids love doing every day with you? So just recently, I am outside of New York City. I'm in Westchester County in Elmsford, uh, the Elmsford Union Free School District. Uh, like I said earlier, I've been a teacher for over 20 years. I taught middle school and currently I had a shift in my role. So now I am in um, more of a leadership capacity, but I still get to work with young people. I am the director of curriculum um, and DEI in our district. So that is a really nice uh, shift to be able to have more impact district-wide. But when I work with young people, I was just with them yesterday um, for a club meeting. And I have to say my entire heart was swelling because young people have like all the answers if we just step back and listen to them, if we just allow them to co-construct with us. And so that's really where my heart is when it comes to young people. I, I totally agree. That's and great. today we're going to talk about how do we get those voices of the young people out, how we can share their message, but also keep with the work that we're asked to do from our district. So let's kind of jump in here. Sue, we talk a lot about the role of the instructional coach being to promote digital learning skills, to promote digital literacy skills and that. But really, the instructional coach has another job when it comes to curriculum. What what are those things that the instructional coach should be thinking about every time that they walk in and work with the teacher? Well, obviously planning lessons on whatever topic it is that the teacher is teaching. And as we know, a, a good teacher who, are do, who is doing their job is following those state standards or school-wide standards, whatever you're supposed to be teaching for your district. So those topics can definitely vary. And as a tech coach, as an instructional coach, we have to be ready, willing, and able to kind of tackle some of those topics that can, you know, that can get to the easy part of teaching, okay, this is how the water cycle works in science up to some of our um, issues that we're dealing with in our country today. One of the things that I like about curriculum is that it is rigid you you're basing it on standards and you know i think when tech coaches are walking into a classroom knowing what those standards are knowing what that that roadmap is set out for the teacher i think it works i can tell you personally i spent the last two weeks looking through our new math books our new reading books that way i can kind of walk in and have the same vocabulary yes. but Katsuri, let me ask you a question here we're in a world where there's not a lot of days we know that in any given month Half of our kids could be out on quarantine. We're teaching virtually. Like, there's so much stuff to pack in. Should our teachers be looking to go outside of the curriculum to address matters that are important to students? I actually think yes. I think if we really think about the purpose of education, it goes beyond just the rigidity of the standards. Like, so we know that we have to do this, but there's so much more because we want to make sure that we're creating experiences of joy for children every single day. And we have to cultivate that joy in the learning. And so, yes, absolutely, we're going to make sure that the standards are addressed, but we have to provide more. There has to be some sort of authentic learning experience. I want to be able to make sure that 
all students can see themselves represented in the learning so that they feel that the classroom is for them too. And it's not just a, re a receiving moment of receiving the information, but they're part of engaging in the learning piece. And so for me, that's important. I think if we want to make sure that students have an actual experience with the learning, that we really need to go beyond what is just required and then add in what's going to cultivate joy, what's going to want to make my students come back tomorrow and really be engaged in this work with me um, and realizing that it's a relationship between the student and teacher and not just the teacher's space. And I think that's important too. So if we can kind of get to co-constructing this work together, let's wonder together, let's have this experience together. That to me is really important. As much as we take a look at the, the, the standards and the requirements and all of those things will happen, but joy has to happen too, simultaneously. I, I completely love that idea, right? You want to make a, a, your classroom a place for kids to want to come and want to learn. Yes. Yes, the, the written curriculum is important, but if it's possible, pivot to where you need to go you know i recently was working with the school district and they said look the book that i'm giving you is the base curriculum your job is to make it come to life your job is to make it absolutely as yeah. you said authentic to the kids question for you katara is what happens if a teacher wants to go too far to the left too far to the right. That's not a political term, but yes. wants, to, wants, to, wants to bend things in a certain way. I, I, I'm asking this question because I recently got done doing one of my grad classes where a teacher, we watched a film, the teacher got in trouble for basically answering a kid's question, but got in trouble with the law because the answer that they gave was construed as being too political to this, to that. Yikes. What do you do if you're working with a teacher and you're kind of like, dude, wait, that's not in the curriculum or dude, wait, that's let's hold this back as a coach. Do we keep that trust and support the teacher as a coach? Do we kind of say, oh, there's the door. You're on your own. Do we as a coach say, hmm, how do we handle things when we're working in that situation? And maybe we're not comfortable with where the conversations are going. <sighs> Wow, there's a lot there. So yes. I think <laughs> I think initially, um, and I always fall back on this, the relationships matter first. And so if someone is trusting me enough to, ex to expect me to help guide them through or to support them, then I won't ever abandon, right? So there's always that relationship piece that's important first. And I think coaches really need to take a look at that first as the crux of their work with teachers, right? Moving on from that, once that relationship piece is there, if there are moments where we're like, wait a second, I this is, I'm not sure, we need to unpack that together and get to the root of why that's uncomfortable. Why is it something that's not sitting right with me? Because it's sometimes just a simple conversation and maybe we can make sure that there's some clarity and then we can move forward. I think that's important too. So the relationship piece is important. Having conversation and dialogue about where we are sitting in terms of comfort level and how far are we comfortable going in terms of we understanding our expectations in terms of the curriculum piece, but also understanding the real life ex expectations 
expectation of that there are students sitting in front of us. There are people sitting in front of us. And there's a human relationship piece that matters in terms of education. It's not just opening the book and reading the, the bold print to students. It is actually making that time come alive for, for children. And so if we can't be our true authentic selves, and we're being pretenders, then that doesn't really sit right because we want to come as our full selves. And so I think as coaches, we really, really need to make sure that one, the relationship is there, that there's conversation about why we might have some discomfort about talking about particular topics, and then coming to an agreement as to how we're going to move forward so that we can make sure that we're providing, again, authentic learning experiences for students and that we're honoring and centering the lived experiences of students because everything won't always feel comfortable all the time, but we need to unpack that a little bit and move past that so that we can make sure that we're doing our due diligence for students. I, I want to unpack what you just said for a couple seconds there, because you said something really key, which is having those conversations before the conversations start. I don't think it's a problem to say, and again, depending on the grade level, say to your students, we're going to learn about this. This might make you feel uncomfortable or this might be different then um, because everybody comes from a different background. You might be reading a textbook that's school approved, but maybe that textbook wasn't written from the viewpoint of what your classroom outlook looks like. Exactly. Sue, I'm assuming when you're in a private school, it's safe to say that those books are purchased using philosophies that the district is agreeing on and believing on. Safe to say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's with any school, public, private, whatever. Yes. But I would also be safe to say, Katora, that when you're in a public school, or it doesn't have to be, but in a situation where books are bought, maybe a few years ago when norms have changed, when outlooks have changed. And you might be in a position where the written page doesn't quite agree with the social norms of the current situation. That's really safe to say. I've had those experiences numerous times and it was incumbent upon me to supplement. And that was by choice because I knew I wasn't doing my my due diligence for my students. I knew I could go further. I also knew that it was my responsibility to elevate the voice of the story that wasn't told. And so that's what I that's how I saw my way of of. of of making the lesson more inclusive in terms of entry points for students. We've continued to tell the same narrative over and over without providing a counter narrative. Then we are, there is just a one view of thinking and it doesn't give students the opportunity to wonder and to question. But if you say, hey, listen, there, these folks also have a story. Did you wanna hear it? Then students are like, wait, whoa, I never even knew that this existed, okay. So let me find out more about this. And it's not an indoctrination, but everyone has a story. We should tell everyone's story. And I think if we look at it that way, that it's not just, um, there, it's less room to be able to say, you're doing something that's nefarious. It really is just telling this, everyone's story and everyone's story matters. One of my favorite lessons that I did in middle school six or seven years ago was, you know, it was the story of Thanksgiving, but it was actually done from the Puritan side of the conversation. And then we read the Native American side of the conversation. And we actually had that wonderful dialogue with our students of what does this sound like? What does this sound like? Where do you think the truth lies? And we did a whole Venn diagram. That, I think, Sue, is the role of that coach, right? Like, I'm not sitting here saying one side's better than the other. Absolutely. But I'm saying, how do we teach this 
through digital learning skills. In this case, we did Google Slides and a Venn diagram, but I think that's where the coach can come in and say, all right, how do we have this Discord and moving forward with everything? Right. I mean, obviously, one of the four C's that we drill into teachers and students heads as we teach rigorously is critical thinking. So, you know, our job, I see the I see the quote going around social media all the time is a good teacher is one that the students are not going to know necessarily what you believe because you're going to teach them to think critically and figure out what that truth is out there. Katura, let me ask you a question here about your experiences working with other teachers. Um, how would you handle a teacher if you know that their curriculum either has something coming up or they might be wanting to take a piece of their curriculum in a certain direction? What kind of things would you say to them maybe to help them or encourage them to work with a coach? Like, hey, you're doing this, but maybe by working with somebody else, you can reach these goals or reach these accomplishments and things. How do you how do we encourage teachers to work with coaches? I think is essentially what I'm trying to get at here. I definitely think it's important for the the environment, just for the overall environment, the culture of the school is is to to seek thought partners, right? And so no one should be doing any work in silos. That's like not really productive. And as you walk into doing or working in matters that are air quotes controversial or that might be difficult, you absolutely want to have multiple thought partners to think things out because you want to be able to anticipate what might come up. You want to be able to anticipate questions that might be asked. You also want to anticipate additional resources that you might need in order to facilitate that conversation. And so I think the overall culture of the building should be that of saying, hey, let's do this work together. And again, that idea of community, that that idea of, of togetherness really, really helps in the end because again, doing work in silos is definitely not okay, especially when something comes up and then you have no one to go to. You don't know like who, who was your go-to. But if we are planning this together, we can think it through together. We can identify the resources Sources that will be great for students. And then we can anticipate some of the pushback we might have if that happens. Then you can be more prepared and you won't feel as caught off guard if you were just doing this like off the cuff, right? And I think that preparation piece is important. So the expectation of saying, listen, you really want to talk these things through. And if you happen to find yourself in a situation where you might come across against something that may not necessarily go over well all the time, you want to make sure that you're running that past somebody just to make sure that you are prepared and that you are able to to, uh, to navigate those issues easily for students. I, I think when working with a coach, there's a few ways, and we talk a lot about relationships here. It's all about building those relationships, using those relationships. I think with a teacher, stage one is the simple conversation in the hallway. Stage two is the let's sit down together and plan. Stage three, you know, this is the third date is always the come into my room and maybe show my kids. And then right. the fourth date's like co-teach with me. And then finally, it's the coach in the back and teachers up and hey, we're all good. Yeah. One of the things that I, I always look at is having the ability to be comfortable with another educator in that room on these topics or co-teaching with these topics. I would imagine when it comes to things like conversations on, not about, but on religion, conversations on politics, conversations on family-based conversations, marriage, etc. 
I would imagine somewhere these are going to be difficult coaching situations to be put in. Let's say you're doing something on the 60s and your co-teacher or your coach or whichever side is really is one side of the 60s, but the book is teaching the other side of the 60s. Is it the coach's job to stay out of the way of the curriculum? Wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I, um, I, I honestly, we're not. We're not the coach's job, not the teacher's job. The coach, the coach, the coach. We're not gatekeepers of knowledge. We don't get to gatekeep knowledge, right? So the the purpose is to support the teacher in this work. And so if our if our ideologies don't align, that's okay. We're always just focused on making sure that we are elevating the narrative of folks, the multiple perspectives of people involved in that particular context, right? So you use the 60s. And so if we're only providing one narrative, that's not okay. So whether you agree or not on either side, there are multiple stories that have to be told. And that is really where folks have to come to. So let's say, for example, the coach is not comfortable having a particular conversation. It's incumbent upon the coach to do some unlearning and some unpacking there. Because again, we are there for support. We are there to help facilitate and support teachers so that they can provide joyous learning experiences and authentic learning experiences for children. So we can't be the gatekeepers of information. If I have resources that are going to help you, I may not agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying, but I have some resources. And then I'm going to interject a little bit and say, you might also want to think about this. You might also want to think about that. And then if we're doing this together in the same space, I'm absolutely going to say, I love exactly what you said. This is another person's perspective. Let's consider that. Now, let's sit and wonder about this. Let's think about this. Turn and talk to your to your partner and, and, and think out loud together, right? And wonder about that because that is the purpose. We want kids to engage in civic discourse and engagement. We want that. And so we won't get to that if we're always playing it safe, if we're always hiding behind a resource. We definitely have to give ourselves those moments to be courageous, but with proper planning and framing things out. I, I would imagine, and, and I've done this with teachers, you know, you do have those opportunities when you're planning, you role play, hey, Sue, I'm gonna ask you this, why don't you ask, you know, you, you kind of script a couple things, but what happens if Sue and I are doing a lesson, and I, I, this is totally fictitious, but we're doing a lesson on the current president, and in the middle of the lesson, Sue says that our current president has really nice brown hair. And I look and go, what? Do I then correct and go, no, he doesn't have brown hair? Or do I just go, that's the teacher, and we're going to go with that part of the curriculum? At what point do you say, no, that's not right, or no, it should be this, or it should be that? Or do you just go, silent partner in this? <laughs> so I think I think a piece of that has to do with the relationship that you have with the teacher, right? And, and that's something that's organic between the individuals. But I also think if this was an example that was something that was maybe historically inaccurate, right? Um, that there is room to be able to say, you know what, let's think about it like this. Let's let's look, let's think about it in this way, because I could I could see maybe where you're coming from here. But I think we could also look at it from this perspective. So I think it's important, you know, if there's if it's if it's an issue in terms of hair color. OK, but if we don't want students to walk away with inaccuracies. Right. right. And so it is it is incumbent upon the adults in the room. And if you're entering in that co-teaching space, then you're both the teachers at that same time, even though your titles might be different. But if we're walking into 
that space as co-teachers, then we share that space together for that moment in time. Um, and that would have been something that it was agreed upon before. And I think that, again, is the relationship piece. How are we gonna work this out? If something comes up, I might say this, how do you feel about that? That's really important. I, I agree with that, right? Like if you're if, if Sue and I are co-teaching yes. and she happens to say that the Civil War was fought in the 1900s and I go, wait a minute, wait a minute, it was fought in the 1800s. Or, uh, th it's okay to correct those kinds of things. I totally agree with you on that. Sue, what, have you ever been in a situation where you and a co-teacher, you know, something might've been said, uh, a difference of opinion. How do you work with your teachers or what advice do you give when working with teachers? Well, like what Couture keeps bringing up and we keep bringing this up is that relationship is definitely important. And if I have um, welded that relationship throughout the beginning of the school year, then they and me both should feel comfortable enough to correct and say, oh, well, let's look at it. Do we need to look that up? Hey, let's Google that together and make sure we're accurate in our information. So in my personal situation in both districts I've been a coach in, I feel like that wouldn't have been a problem with the people I work with to get the, get us back on track. And they would appreciate me getting back on track and vice versa. If I was the one saying something inaccurate, then them getting me back on track. I think I love what you said, Sue, because it's, it's right. And I think it's important for the students to also see that that is the thought Absolutely. process that happens. Right. And so we're modeling, even if that was a, a true, like, wait a second, wait, hold on one second. It's important for students to see that because that is what we want them to be able to do, to be able to think critically and say, hold on, wait a second. That doesn't sound right. Let's, let's figure this out. Let's find some more information. Then we can move on. Right. And I think that's, what's most important. And that's why that relationship piece matters. And that becomes a teachable moment, like you Indeed. said, to those students. They see Indeed. how you handle that mistake and then how you recover from it and move forward. Absolutely. One of the things that we all know is out there is the Internet. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Really? And I, Thanks, Sue. <laughs> and obviously kids are out there looking at the news. They're seeing what's going on. I, I think for the first time, and in, 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 I don't want to say for the first time because it, our, we've always been able to see our parents as political people more so than others but it seems like every time you turn on the news there is a board meeting where things are happening there is a news story that's really really big right now in this world there's so much stuff going on with education that is new i think to a lot of students seeing their parents in the news fighting for their rights fighting for their health we're talking about masks we're talking about kids in school we're talking about critical race theory katara what should we be doing as teachers when a student just kind of out of the blue raised their hand and says i heard this on the news what does this mean or my mom or dad brought this up at the table the other day what does this mean how do we handle those conversations those are difficult they are difficult, they're spontaneous, we're not planned for them, and it puts us on the spot, right? And then we're the person in the room where everyone's looking at us, so you have 22 sets of eyes looking at you saying, what's the answer? And in that moment, it's incumbent upon the teacher to be a human being and say, you know what? Actually, I'm not sure. It's okay to be honest about what you know and don't know. It's better to do that than to brush it off and act like it didn't happen 
because that's not okay because it sends the message that whatever that child asks is wrong or not. So we won't do that. And if you do, if the teacher does have the capacity to be able to have some sort of conversation about it, you're, you're talking about it. You're doing the wondering with the students. So, wow, that was said. Wow. So how did that make you feel? What are your thoughts about that? Without having to be definitive and saying, no, 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 no. Unless what is said causes harm, right? And so unless, like, let's say there is a slur that's uttered or something like that, then it is a teachable moment to be able to say, wow, you know what? That is a term that people use, but it actually is pretty hurtful, right? And so in this space, our learning community, that's definitely not okay. So there's there, there are times to be able to, to, to in the moment, say, no way. But there are also times in the moment to say, let's, let's think about that. And a lot of people feel like this, but a lot of people feel like that. Guess what? That's okay. We can have these these multiple opinions, right? And that that happens. And so I think teachers have to be really honest and say, hey, I don't know everything, but let's figure this out together. I also think that's important what you said earlier is that kids are seeing everything happen all at the same point in time. Kids go home and we are in an immigration crisis right now. Kids went home and watched the news with people trying to come to the United States and then being deported. They're seeing this in real time. And so if we're not addressing these moments, these actual life moments in schools, it almost is a big disconnect for kids because they're seeing it on their phones. They're looking at it, they're swiping, they're reading everything. But then we go to school and it's like, there's no mention of. So there has to be a bridge of of real life in real time um, with, with planning, with con- with context for students to be able to digest because otherwise who's helping them guide them through all of this and so that's important too if you if you look back at our parents generation and you know obviously they didn't have 24-hour news you know I, I can think back they had the moon landing they and i'm generalizing but you know the the moon stuff you had vietnam yeah you, you had you know the 80s you had reagan getting shot you had the challenger totally generalizing in in our generation um i can remember rodney king i can remember oj i can remember and these are like the you know like the world stopped and we turned the tv on like these are, i'm thinking of these big moments right and now you've got every day it's coming at you right you you, you know you, you're talking about the board of education stuff you're talking about the george floyds of the world you're talking about sports and everything that's happening mean, there's so much stuff that you can't as a teacher just keep the tv on but with all of the fake news and, and culture world all of these things going on you can't just say to your kids well let's learn about that turn on your google machines that's difficult too um, how do we handle all this, both both as teachers and as coaches? Do we have the conversation? Do we do the Google search, find research, and go for it, even though that's totally not in the curriculum that we're talking about today, but it's current events. I mean, remember, we did current events every Friday, and you brought in your newspaper clipping. Right. This, is, this is a different world here. Very different world. And again, you know, it's all about how you look at education. And if we're not going to jump into these authentic moments and not saying that you have to center your entire day around one particular issue, but it is something that students already are talking about. And so we don't want to ignore, 
but we definitely want to make sure that the, the space is provided for students to have conversations, safe spaces are provided for students to have conversation, to wonder again, to think about things, it's to think critically. Um, and it's, it's our responsibility to just help students unpack. We don't need to have the answers, but we do need to help unpack because going back to George Floyd, students saw death on television over and over and over and over on their cell phones over and over again. There's something there to unpack with them because again, we're a classroom community, right? Even with, as the instructional coach, we're helping to cultivate that classroom community space, that safe space. And you definitely need to work with teachers and students to be able to unpack the difficult times because otherwise, then what are we, what is our purpose? It's, then it would be very sterile. So again, it, there is some sort of responsibility that we have just for the humanity of it, the connection with young people, that that is part of our our task and our charge. And I love the phrasing you've used, wondering together to promote that critical thinking. Like absolutely, that. absolutely. Because it is a togetherness. This is, we're in relationship together during that time that we all are in the same room, the same space. You have to be, you have to walk into this as a human being and be able to see the humanity and what we're going through every single day. So every day, yes, there are big news stories every day that actually impact the lives of our students every single day. And, and that's, so, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And that's so well promoting that student voice. Yes. Choice and, yeah. you know, getting that discussion across and them using their audible voice. I have a conference session that um, I've worked on and, ready to present as time allows and it's talking about you know teaching them how to use that professional voice and to communicate out absolutely. loud it's absolutely and just experiences and having engagement and discourse about topics that might not necessarily be comfortable but there is if you have experience doing it then it becomes something that you can just do and that's part of what we want for our students one of the things that we talk about on this show a lot is the important relationship between you and your principal. I would imagine that these conversations, the ability to have this discourse with your students, it's easier if you have the blessing from your principal, the backing from your principal, that it's okay to do these things. I certainly wouldn't want to get into a conversation about critical race theory or about killings or mass shootings or Afghanistan, all of these different things, if I thought for a hint that my principal wouldn't back me up if a phone call came in. Absolutely. I think you have to know the capacity of, of your of your district, right? You have to know the capacity of it and you have to know um, you have to know where you are uh, to be able to have those conversations. And then you have to have, again, the relationship with your principal to be able to say, these are coming up. These topics are coming up in my classroom. Here are the resources that I'm going to use. And here's the tech that I'm going and here are all here's my strategy. Here's my approach. But being able to be courageous enough to say, here's how I'm going to handle this as opposed to saying, should I handle it, right? Um, and, and really just taking that first step forward and saying, I definitely wanna say something, this is what I plan on saying, so that your principal has some awareness too. So when the phone call comes, they're not caught off guard, but that you are very planned. And that's, that is the role of the instructional coach to make sure that these pieces are put together in a way that students, again, student voices being elevated and centered, students' lived experiences are being honored first, and that we're creating joy in the learning experience. And then we're being able to tackle some of the difficulties. Should school districts provide teachers with bullet points? 
So that's tough, right? Um, and so I say yes and no, actually. When um, things were difficult and we've had some difficult moments, you know, in my own district, um, there were times where it was like, listen, this is this is what we're going, this is what we're saying because this is who we are, this is what we believe, right? And so there's no need to kind of waver and, and quiver this is who we are. We're going to stand on what we believe. And there it is. Right. And I appreciated that. So they weren't bullet points, but it was, it was reaffirming who we are and what we believe. Um, I think that's important when you know your why, then you are able to kind of move forward and be, be a little bit more um, courageous and bold and brave. Um, I would not always want to have a script though, because then there's, there's, there's no real me in this relationship. It's just me repeating what you're telling me to say. And that's not authentic. That's right. not authentic. That is I, I, I like how yes. you said that. I, I would not want to yes. have a script. Personally, I would like to know in a in a world like this, you know, what is the temperature of my district? What is the temperature of my community on there? That those could be two totally different things. They might be together. But if I'm gonna stand up and have a conversation and somebody asked me what I think, I should know that the board has one stance about it or doesn't right. have a stance about it. And it could be anything, you know, vaccinations. Are mm -hmm. we going to be, are we on it? Are we not? All, whatever the topic is, right? It doesn't matter mm -hmm. the topic, but um, this has been an amazing conversation. I, I got one last one for you. This is probably the easiest question I'm going to ask you all, all afternoon here. <laughs> Where can teachers and coaches go to learn more information about how to, support students when they're trying to have their voice in these conversations, when they're trying to put their head up and learn about these things, where does a teacher go to learn more information? So I, I default always to the experts in the field. And currently I am really, really hooked in on a couple uh, folks who are just wonderful. So Dr. Chris Emden, um, out of Teachers College, you can follow him on, um, you know, social media. Um, his resources are impeccable. Uh, Dr. Goldie Muhammad, her resources, that text Cultivating Genius is absolutely wonderful. Um, and it's really, really user-friendly for instructional coaches and teachers. Um, and also Cornelius Minor, um, his resources are impeccable too, and they're very teacher-friendly. Um, and so those are the resources and those are the, some of the people that I have been leaning on um, for a while now just to help continue to grow to learn and unlearn um in my craft so i would urge folks to reach out um, on social media follow these people um because they are there are really wonderful resources that they provide we're going to have links to all of these things we're going to try to get twitter addresses and stuff for all those wonderful resources that she mentioned this is ask the tech coach podcast episode number 159 and all the again all the links and stuff are going to be over there on our website at ask the tech coach katara i would love to take this moment in and say thank you for an amazing eye-opening conversation and you know yes. when you're looking at these conversations when you're working through this curriculum i would say much like the teacher that we're talking about i didn't have any idea what this what this night was going to be and how these conversations were going to dive out i'm really glad that we had this show and and please feel free to you know invite yourself on any time i would love to continue these different conversations this was great. Thank you so much for having yes, me. Thank you for thank joining you. us. Can you share a little bit about your social channels? Where do we get more information about the great work that you're doing? So you can follow me on Twitter. I am at kproctor1517. 
Excellent. Again, all those links are going to be over on our on our Ask the Tech Coach show notes. This is episode number 159. Sue, you've got some great things going on. You're on TikTok now? Yes, I've been doing um, just experimenting mainly. But um, every Thursday, in addition to my YouTube channel, I've been doing a Thoughtful Thursday and it's nothing earth shattering, just fun questions just to kind of get people interacting. Usually it's something about a technology topic. This week was just a simple, are you an iOS or an Android person? And just trying to get people engaged and, you know, then come see me over on my YouTube channel for longer, um, more in-depth tutorials on technology integration. We're going to leave all the links to all the great stuff that Susan's doing. And don't forget over at askthetechcoach.com, we have our free Tech Coaches Network. Over 300 instructional coaches all come together each week to do some great stuff. And we are going to be sharing next week a little bit about how you guys can learn about creating teacher needs assessments. We're going to be actually doing two sessions in our Tech Coaches Network. You want to check it out over at askthetechcoach.com. Sign up today. We're going to be doing two sessions on needs assessments. How do you create them? How do you judge them? How do you grade them? All that great stuff so we can start to get a data-driven baseline for our students and teachers to see what we can do in professional development world for the next year. So don't forget to check all that stuff out. And I want to say thank you one more time for making TeacherCast your home for professional development. So on behalf of Katara and Sue and everybody here on TeacherCast, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.